0: With AWB Contract Templates.
1: Our clients may not have the same feeling about this. So, how do we open up this value, break it open a little bit to allow for the client's personality, drive, nuance to enter into the value and become more about establishing a relationship versus establishing a standard?
0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. There's something that I love about having conversations with people that I've known for a little while now and Conversations with people that I have known post 2020, because 2020 kind of, it, it it took a chunk out of all of us, um, but knowing that they've continued to grow and flourish since then and to have maintained that relationship and really been able to just witness how this, you know, possibility of being more and more yourself is accessible for people. Like I've just it's something that i've really appreciated and it's been something that really has prompted me to reflect, you know, have i grown? what have i learned? what have i implemented? what do i do differently? where do i still have room to to grow? i mean i i think it's a great growth opportunity, but it's it's really great to have that connection and to know like hey, the things that have happened in the world didn't stop us. they actually made us stronger. And I have to say, like, Amy Jacobus is just a great example of that. I met Amy, I want to say it was at 2020. I think it was 2020. And again, 2020 was a lot for all of us. And we were all in such different places. And, you know, I was really drawn to her kind of right away. And working with her was easy. And, you know, she was someone that wanted to make impact, wanted to do the best by her clients and to really make her brand create impact. It wasn't just, yeah, I want to make money. It was like, yeah, I actually want to utilize this platform to change the narratives on things, to change the conversations that are being had. And it's, yeah. That's, that's the type of relationship that I love to know was started and actually was able to be fostered and, and continued. So I'm also saying this because I would love for all of you that are listening to this or reading the article to find someone that you've kept in your life and to maybe just be like, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Hey girl, hey, hey sir, hey, hey non-binary individual that is awesome, hey, all of the above. How y'all doing? And so I think it's so important to just be able to remind people that matter to you. Um, give them the flowers while they're here. It's a random aside, but I just had to give you that. So before we go into this conversation that Amy and I had around reconsidering your normal and values and how this has really evolved her personally and professionally. Um, I would love to start by telling you a little bit about who she is. Amy Jacobus is obsessed with helping coaches, creatives, and consultants increase their impact with smart human marketing online. Her grounded growth consulting is a comprehensive framework for creating an evergreen brand guide and actionable marketing plan. Her signature group program, Grounded Marketing Mentorship, provides applicable strategies for web, email, social media, and content marketing to clients in real time. Amy has designed courses, facilitated workshops, and participated in panel discussions for the University of Denver, LEAP at St. Mary's College, Bernard College, New York Foundation for the Arts, Gibney Dance, the Artist Co-op, and Pinnacle among others. Learn more at amyjacobus.marketing and follow her at amyjacobus on Instagram, which those links will also be in the article. So you will be able to click on over and learn more. But for right now, let's get into this episode, y'all. Let's do it. Hello, hello, Amy. It is so good to be here talking to you. Before we even started, I was like, it's been too long and I don't like it.
1: (laughs) I know. It's really, really lovely to be with you, Erica. Um, Voice to voice. It's been email to email for a while, so I'm happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Same. We were addressing just how sometimes the summer is actually not this break and reprieve that people love to paint it to be. And I think that that's such a pertinent thing right now because you know, so many people are like, "Oh, I take the summer off," and I'm like, "I don't know anybody that's doing that. <laughs> Nobody is doing that."
1: <laughs> no, I was saying I don't think the summer slowdown actually exists. I think it's like we all want it to, but it it's not real.
0: No, no, and the reason I I think it's interesting is because again, like when when your kids and you're in school, you know, whether that's even um, kind of more like the the college level, like you're like, "Oh, I'm I'm not in school for the summer," so there's this indication of being off and it's like no once you kind of hit a certain point for a lot of us we are still working and for some people it's busy season when I was still in the midst of being fully in my beauty business that was busy season I think so often we have this normal and we assume that this is everyone's normal same way kids are like oh everyone's off right when adults are like no isn't that how any yeah. of this works?
1: Oh, completely. And I think we also have like that internal rhythm within ourselves because we've all yes. been in school before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I find that like uh, start to like back to school start of fall is a big time for people to be thinking about big new projects, same as a uh, new year, new me kind of January time. But like we have that school academic calendar rhythm in us. Even if we don't have kids, even if we're no longer in school ourselves, it's just yes. ingrained.
0: It is. It is. And you don't even think about it. And it's not something that you're aware of. It just kind of happens. And I think that's how all of us end up with a normal. This is the thing that we think is just how everything works. And being that we often talk about you know, the concept of reconsider your normal. I'm like, this is a great place to start. So I I would actually love Amy, for you to kind of share your thoughts on what does the concept of, you know, reconsider your normal mean to you?
1: So I think when I think about reconsidering my normal, what that does for me is it really opens me up to think about everyone other than me. Um, I I know what ways I want to approach a problem or a project. I know what ways I prepare myself or organize myself towards a, a certain activity. And those ways are mine, but they may not be the ways of others. And I think I have to really consistently remind myself that the way I do things may not be the way someone else does things or some things that I'm comfortable with may not be what others are comfortable with. And so to reconsider my normal for me is to think about everyone else is normal and how that's different than mine.
0: I think that's so necessary, especially with the type of work that you do, because you could very well just approach it and kind of operate from a place of, well, I'm sure this is fine. You can do this too. And this one thing will work across the board for everyone. We don't need nuance. We don't need, (laughs) you know, diversity and dynamic um, use of, you know, what makes us stand out from one another in, in beneficial ways. Because so often, again, I think the normal is a piece that really is meant to homogenize us. And so that re that kind of questioning of it and that reconsidering very similar to what you said is really just like, okay, well, I already know this, but what else is there that I'm not aware of? What is it for someone else? And I think just having that awareness that we all have some type of normal and being able to kind of question like, okay, but Why? Why is this here? Why are we assuming that this is the end all be
1: all? I think a lot about it in my marketing work with clients because we so often see the marketing pros out there sharing a step-by-step approach to getting to this next level of success in your business. And you and I know that it's not a one-size-fits-all situation that people have different goals, people have different audiences, people have different skill sets and strengths and things they're comfortable with and things they're not comfortable with. So often my approach with a client for marketing will be digging into what is unique about you and what do you want marketing to be and feel like so that we can create a plan that actually fits how you want to show up. And how you best show up versus following everyone else's plan and trying to like fit yourself into some mold, you're not actually going to show up as yourself in that case, which isn't going to do you any favors. It's just going to be less effective. But more than that, you probably won't do it, right? <laughs> if it's something right. you don't like to do, you're not going to show up. You're not going to actually do the work of the marketing if you hate every se- second of it
0: well and the thing that stands out is every everything that you said the, the this big kind of glaring sign in this is the acknowledgement that you knowing what it is that you want to do how you want to do it how it is that it supports people and how this is very different from how marketing is often done which marketing is often done very cookie cutter this goes back to your values and your values are really making space for all of those things that you mentioned to actually be able to show up.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, some of my company's project values are about strategic thinking and an integrative approach. So Those are just two things that we're bringing to every project. Strategic thinking for us means looking at the larger picture, which is looking at the longer term. And what's going to be actually sustainable for you is so important. And sustainable often comes down to not only capacity, but also willingness or enthusiasm or enjoyment. Like, I want you to actually like your marketing, um, I always I always laugh and say that my clients are people who hate marketing, and my job is to help them learn to enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: they come in and they're just, I don't want to do this. I know I have to. What do I do? And our goal is to look at that big picture goal that you have and think strategically about what are the things that can get you there. And now let's assess, do you actually want to do those things? Or how can we reframe them or revise them so that you do? And then that is really that integrative approach where we're looking at what works, what are the best practices in the field? We know them and we can use them as a guide, but also what will work for you. And it has to, it has to work for you or you just won't show up to do it. You'll burn out.
0: So, okay. So the interesting thing is when you talk about kind of like that, that integrative approach, the, the thing that immediately I was curious about was that you have this beautiful mind when it comes to like, I want to do this differently. I'm not going to do this like this. I see the strategy. I see how this needs to be executed. I see how this is going to play out. Like you have that ability to really be able to grasp that in, in such a really strong and capable way. And so I'm curious in how your perspective of values has evolved being that you are, you're not necessarily, and this is my opinion, you may or may not agree with me. (laughs) I don't think that you're someone that has a business that isn't confident and sure in what they do and why they're doing it and why it works. And at the same time, I've also seen you get even more really shored up in that way. So I'm wondering how, you know, where maybe values played in before, you know, how's that evolve to where you are now with just such this grasp on us?
1: One of the things that you and India really helped me to do when we were working together to reconsider our values as a company is a to make sure that, you know, in order for these values to really have impact on the way that we work, they need to be explicit, not assumed. So that means internally with my team, but also externally with my clients. I want them to know upfront why we work the way we work and what we believe. And they became stronger for all of us when they were co-designed rather than like handed over to my team from me. You know, instead of given by the Mm -hmm. boss, we all worked on them together, which was really meaningful and we found more nuance there. So once we redefined those values, they became stronger because they became more interwoven in everything that we do. And they became... The whole team has ownership over them. And even our clients accept some ownership when we're working together on a project as well. Like they sign a contract saying, yes, I also believe in these things. As we were thinking about these values and what they meant, we realized... Just like you said, some of them were pretty, pretty rigidly defined by our own standards and our own normal, I guess. Um, but we realized s- our clients may not have the same the same feeling about this. So how do we open up this value, break it open a little bit, to allow for the client's personality, drive, nuance to enter into the value? and become more about establishing a relationship mm-hmm. versus establishing a standard.
0: I love that part. The relationship part. I business for some people can be very transactional. And I think when you're creating a brand that really is rooted in relationship building, it is a very different way of operating and really having that understanding and cohesive nature of we're on the same kind of wavelength with these values, but they're not going to necessarily be facilitated in the same exact way for all of us. But it does really provide a very different space for, you know, co-collaborating what's going to happen. And I think, again, some people are like, yeah, here's my marketing, you go do it. And it's more like, no, 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 no. This is a collaborative thing. This is not I go do this for you because I'm not you. Right. That's not how this works.
1: Oh, yeah. You have to be a part of it. You have to. I mean, I'm also working mostly with um, individual business owners or small companies providing services that have a certain reputation for the way they approach their work, right? And so they are known for something, their values approach, uh, their purpose-driven kind of uh, framework of how they do things. And so it is about personality. It has to be. It has to be a little bit about who you are and why you're here in addition to the work That you do. And frankly, those are the reasons someone chooses you over the other consultant down the road because they feel some kind of deeper connection with your approach versus the other person. You may have all of the same tools in your kit.
0: Reconsider your normal. This is what can take you from being in a box to breaking it on your terms. Bi-Weekly, India Jackson, co-founder of Pause on the Play, has conversations exploring branding and visibility. Own your values and amplify your influence by giving the Flaunt Your Fire podcast a follow today. Values have always been something that's pushed and, and toted as something that you should have, but there's no one really telling you what to do with them. It's really just taking this static word and figuring out how do we turn this into action. That's the sweet spot. This is how values go from just being static words into being guiding principles that provide an easy to navigate way for you and your team, if you have one, to be able to respond, make choices, and create impact with your brand. For those of you that are already members in the community, you already know that we did a workshop recently that was all about reconsidering what it is that you know about values. For those of you that weren't in the room, guess what? You can come in and take in this evergreen content right now. From implicit to explicit, reconsidering what you know about values is a workshop that Indy and I did to be able to dig into how it is that you take static words and turn them into actions. That's where you get that sweet spot. That's where now you have guiding principles that support you in how it is that you respond, make choices, and create impact with your brand. By being able to discuss the reasons why identifying your values can change everything in and around your brand. Being able to take the traditional ideal client workshops, tossing them out, throwing them on their head, and being able to completely shift that And focusing on values. This is how everything for you and your brand gets integrated and changed and moves forward differently. Again, you can come in and take in this workshop right now by going on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community, becoming a member of the community. We're waiting for you. There's so many people out here that are consultants or they do marketing or they do branding or, you know, insert uh, wherever you are in the industry here. And it really does boil down to what is it about you? That I feel a little more comfortable with, or I'm a little bit more in alignment with, or I feel like I can be a little more transparent with, because when it comes to marketing, I feel like that's a big piece of it. Nobody's going to be able to help you with that if you can't be transparent. And so I, interestingly enough, I think that is also part of what shows up in life because values are not just about, this is what I do in my brand. Right. It's also about how do I operate as a human? And so I'm wondering if you possibly personally had any types of of takeaways or things that came up with how you did, you know, integrate or play out your values personally with the work that you've done and maybe how that is a little different now from um, when we first met.
1: Well, I don't know if when we worked on our kind of public-facing project values together, if we also worked on this set of internal team values that we've created now for the company. I work with, um, I have two full-time members of my team and I have several part-time contractors at any given moment, depending on our project load. And we have a set of values for ourselves that we, you know, take really seriously in our relationship with one another and how we support each other in the business. And so those are, those overlap with how we, what we value in a project relationship or a client relationship. Um, but they also go deeper into like how we just want to be in a workspace, right. How we want to show up as people at work for one another. And this, this prioritization of humanity of, you know, we talk a lot about clarity and communication and setting expectations of um, that are clear so that we all know what's what and having a sense of empathy with each other. And in our communications, all of that seeps into the work we do as well, because it's how we're showing up day to day.
0: The thing that's so pertinent with that is it's, it is it is often kind of given to us from a messaging standpoint that there is us, you know, doing what we do professionally and then there's us being off work. And yes. they're, they're not two different entities. If so, then that can cause a whole lot of disconnected duality and not in a positive way. And so everything that you mentioned really is acknowledging the fact that we're still showing up as us, the, the, the individual, not just the person that does this job and how it is that we are able to actually not only do it, but to be kind of held accountable for how that's facilitated. And I mean, th- that's something that you've definitely grown into because in the very beginning, it was just you and, and one other team member at that point. And yeah. so knowing that it's grown, you know, knowing how you've, you've navigated, um, having, you know, brought team members on, having kind of changed who happens to be team members and things like that, and being very open to that process. The beauty of it is, is that honestly, I think sometimes service providers think, oh, you have to do everything with me. And I personally believe that it's really about you getting these tools and ways of being that then continue to support you in everything you do going forward. It's not, hey, did you pay me to do this thing? It's, hey, the work that we did, did it continue to support you? Mm -hmm. That's what matters.
1: I feel, I just feel really strongly to your point that you are not two different people. You are not the work you and the person you. You are both all the time. Mm-hmm. The It's so important to know and have some kind of reference point for yourself as a reminder who you are and how you want to show up. Like we're all going to screw up sometimes and show up frustrated or impatient or, you know, maybe one of our values is clear communication and maybe I'm working quickly and handing something off to my team without real context. And so then it can't be executed well. And then I have to look back and be like, oh, that was me. I didn't clearly communicate what I really wanted from this this project. All of those things it's helpful to have that reference, that guide to continuously return to, not to revise every time you look at your values cuz you know, you probably think you can every time you look, but but <laughs> to really talk about them and ask, are these still true for us? And how are they showing up? And how are they not showing up and how can we do better?
0: That piece. I do think that that kind of constant evolution that allows you to just stay in a space of being willing to shift as necessary, not from a place of like, it's always up for debate necessarily, because I think that that sometimes can be overwhelming, but really knowing that, hey, we just literally went through something and we realized this doesn't work the way that we hoped it did. And now we know, and we want to shift it. Yep. Like I think that, you know, kind of state of curiosity and um, willingness to be equitably responsive to your, your practices and your um, kind of procedures and your own just way of being and showing up. I think that that piece of it is such an important part, and it's really important because that's a part of how willing we are as humans to not only learn, but also to be willing to unlearn and be wrong.
1: Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, part of it is just having, like practicing and flexing the ability to continuously ask questions, Mm
0: -hmm. to not take
1: everything as just known, and set, but yes. to reflect and really ask yourself if this is working, if this is true, if this used to be true and is no longer true. Um, I, I feel like that is that is the openness to unlearn some things. And it, it can be really challenging because we can be really stubborn, uh, <laughs> but it is so important to just continuously ask questions of yourself, of your business, of your team, of all of it.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. And like, yes, to the stubborn, because the questioning and then the action taking because of the answer you get from it. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to like the answer all the time. No, however. No, sometimes it's like, <laughs> oh, well, I have to go back and redo that thing. That that was <laughs> not good. It, it happens. But then there's the flip side of, well, if I didn't know and this continued on like it just was on autopilot, where is that incongruent with my values and the types of outcomes that I hope are facilitated? And it's like, this might suck, but here we are. I have to do it.
1: Right. I think there was one particular thing that we talked a lot about when we worked together two years ago. I think it was, uh, mm-hmm. and. I was talking about how one of our client values is really about dependable project management, but it wasn't, that wasn't what it was called then. And I can't even Erica, I cannot even remember what we, we named it before, but we named, (laughs) we named it something that was so rigid and um, stubborn about, you know, we, we have our processes to do things and we'll make sure they're organized for you. And now it's like, well, some of our processes don't work for others. Like some people right. won't – some of our clients will not look at a spreadsheet, right? Like they just won't look at it. It is not something that makes sense to them. So we'll deliver now. Now We're flexible. We'll find that this isn't working for you and we will come up with a compromise or a solution to deliver whatever it is in a different format. Like something that small and that simple, we're still staying organized and dependable and keeping the project moving, but we're making sure that it moves in a way that works for you instead of um, causes you distress, which some of our some of our methods just don't work for everyone.
0: Well, and that's a layer of accessibility and meeting people where they are that's so important. It's not always, um, on a larger scale, sometimes accessibility is allowing somebody to be able to take in content in a way that they can actually digest it. Yep, And that that type of thing is important. And you've always been really open, whether it was the work that you did with India and I, or even when it was just you and I of, you know, how can we, you know, like what's possible here? Like you were always very open with that. And I've even found that just with knowing you as a human and I, I, I love that that exists there. And I feel like it shows up with, again, the way that you exist in your industry. Because the marketing industry has
1: it's got some things that it can clean up. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. Do you think there are some unethical practices out there in marketing, <gasps> Erica? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <gasps> of course not. And
0: there's there's all kind of stuff. And so... I'm going to, I'm going to poke the bear a little bit and ask you, what is something in your industry that you would like for people to kind of pause and really dig deeper and reconsider their normal around in the marketing industry?
1: Well, I'm definitely not the first person to talk about this. And I will say that my particular circle of business strategists, marketers, uh, small business owners out there, entrepreneurs are questioning these tactics um, and mm-hmm. that's why I align myself with them because I am myself but there's a tendency and and many people teach this as a strategy to really poke at, someone's pain points and and list how they are failing or feeling like a failure in order yeah. to then provide your solution to those pain Ew. points. And all it does is make someone feel bad about themselves in that moment that they're reading your copy or they're watching your Instagram reel about it or whatever you are, however you are presenting that info. And we... Probably most, if not all of us, have done this at a certain point because it was just mm-hmm. standard practice. I know I right. did. Um, but now I think twice about am I am I really like trying to capitalize on someone's pain or frustration or fear in this moment? Right. Or am I trying to help them envision and imagine what is a better option or future or existence, right? And really, I want the latter. And so I've been trying to comb through all of my stuff, I know for sure, and make sure that I am presenting the positive outcomes without exploiting the negative present or mindset that someone may have in this moment.
0: Right. And just listening to you say that, like my body had a very visceral (laughs) response because I cannot think of, particularly when I first became aware of the coaching industry online, because for years I really didn't have the same awareness of the online kind of soup, so to speak. Like I was a brick and mortar business and so much of what I did was based in relationship building and it wasn't living online. And then realizing that people make entire brands out of making you feel terrible about yourself yep, and prompting you to feel like they have the answers to fix you and to pay them. And that, that's really what it was. And you think about it now and you're like, how did anybody do this? How did any of us go for this? And I've, I mean, I don't think I'm in the minority to be like, yeah, I've given people my money. And now I'm like, I don't know why I gave you my money.
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, we, it gets you, it puts you into such a vulnerable state yes. just emotionally to read that stuff and, and, and to recognize yourself in it. Right. And so then you are, you're, um, more primed to look for, any solution because you just feel so bad. And it's just such a crappy way to build a relationship with someone. What I want someone to come to me and realize is that we can work together to find the way forward that's best for them. And it is about this co-creation of your marketing so that it feels like the right path forward and you're so confident and consistent in your messaging that it helps your business to grow, but it's yours. It's always yours. It's not going to be my solution. I'm not trying to fix you. I'm trying to support you in finding what works. And there is a huge difference.
0: There's a huge there I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just, The, 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 I need to fix you because you're broken. And then that complete flip side of like, no, you're not actually broken. I don't need to fix you because you don't need to be fixed. And we can work on this together. And it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be scary. You don't have to be alone with it. And I just feel like, you know, using any words and however it gets put out, just having that energy of you are whole and you can do this and I'm here to help. It's just such a different air than what it what some people still do and what was definitely the norm all across the board before.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I it's still it's still the norm in most spaces. I've worked with uh, copywriters before where that's the formula, right, for the sales mm-hmm. page and I'll I'll just say, "Hey, I don't want this section of my sales page." I know that maybe it's effective but it feels exploitative to me. It's not a part of my value system. So we're going to skip that part. Okay. (laughs) And then, and then we move on, you know, it's, and I, I really don't hold a lot of judgment for people who use these tactics because I think they just have, they haven't learned their way yet. Um, unless they're, unless they're, like really, really exploiting people. But like most people use this tactic because it's told to them that it's effective and they're just trying to sell their thing and they don't know right. any other way. And so yep. my hope is that by continuing to work with entrepreneurs, small business owners on what marketing can be, like the possibilities of using tactics that feel good in addition to work um, can, can just help to eliminate more of those instances in, in the online space.
0: Absolutely. Oh, this has been so good. Okay. So before we wrap up, I want to ask you one last question. If you were to ask the listeners to take one action after taking in our conversation today, that would be a part of creating change?
1: What would that one action be? I think I would ask the listeners to really reflect on your own values, write them down. If you haven't already look at them, if you have, and then look at some of your own marketing, whether that's your homepage or your about page on your website, whether it's your top or your most recent five Instagram posts, whatever it is, look at some examples of how you show up in the world. Are your values present there? Are they a part of how you communicate? Are they apparent either, whether it's overt, right? Whether it's saying this is what I believe or subtle that it's just a piece of your personality and your voice on a screen. If it's not there, start to, start to work them in, find a way to show people who you are in addition to what you do.
0: Yes. I knew this would be a good one.
1: (laughs) She's about
0: to drop a gem. So let's just keep all the space for that. This has been so good. And I've absolutely loved having this conversation and so appreciative of you. And I know that the people that are either listening to this conversation or reading the article would love to know more about you and how they can get in contact with you. So please tell the people how they can come over and learn more about you, Amy.
1: People, come meet me on Instagram at amy Jacobis. A-M-Y-J-A-C-O-B-U-S, Jacobus. And um, hang out on my website a bit and find some resources that may help you actually infuse some of your values into the storytelling that you do in your marketing. Um, Amy Jacobus. Marketing, not a.com, Amy Jacobus. Marketing. And please don't be afraid to say hello because I still run all my stuff. So I will, de- I will DM you back um, <laughs> and I'll be excited to hear what, what you took away from this conversation.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Love it so much, so much. Again, for all your insight, for everything that you've shared, for your transparency and vulnerability and for your time today, Amy, thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a true pleasure.
0: That was such a good conversation. First of all, I was just glad to reconnect because, like we said, things get so busy in the summer. Like it's it's July as of recording this, and and it's hot, and you know, kids are out of school, which means you know, schedules and things like that are very different. Even if you don't have kids, those around you, responsibilities sometimes can shift this time of year, and so there's so much going on. And having this moment to just reconnect with Amy and have this conversation. And to just be reminded how awesome of a human that she is and how we are all still out here reminding, you know, these industries that you do not have to do things this way. And I'm going to show you why I'm going to prove it. So knowing that there is this mighty army of us out here, this mighty just group that is like, nope, we are going to do things completely differently than what we've been taught and we're going to make it work. I just, I love it so much. So I'm so glad that you got the opportunity to take in that conversation and that you were able to grab your takeaways about reconsidering your normal as well. Every single time that you show up here and you are taking in these conversations, these real conversations that are being facilitated to normalize the challenging things and to make them a part of your everyday exchanges. Every time for that, I thank you. Together, this is how we remove stigma and create real change in connection. We cross lines and recreate boundaries to support, but not separate. Together, we can continue getting more people to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So, till the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the stolen land of the Susquehannock, Biscataway, and people, native to this area known as Maryland. I'm ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. And then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?